RTD Live Talk, Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. We are live for a Tuesday night edition. Looking forward to connecting, finding out what's on your radar, and uh, more importantly, checking in and seeing, uh, yeah, navigating these debt waters, man. Nothing but debt, more debt, more problems. So got a couple articles that caught my attention that I want to share with you, but also get your take on what's going on. So before I dive into the articles for this evening, I want to give a chance to uh, shout out a couple people. So uh, feel free to let me know where you're watching from via the chat and I would love to acknowledge your presence and thank you for being a part of the community tonight. And of course, you know, when the phone lines open up, 313-462-0027, that's the number to call to let your voice be heard. All right. So um thumbing through the chat, man, and I saw something that was just posted about some breaking news in Australia. So I just grabbed an article. So it looks, it looks like an earthquake just hit recently, if I'm not mistaken. So I want to uh, talk about that a little bit. And uh, yeah, keep it moving, man. But of course, this this is a season or just a system based upon debt. So of course, you can't talk about you know the main financial news without covering some form of debt in some fashion. So uh, looks like there has been a progression <laughs> of uh, a bill put forth to uh, uh, remove the debt ceiling. In the uh, in the House now, of course, it probably won't go through in the Senate, but we'll talk about that. And some of the uh, initial side effects or initial um, damage that will be done based upon an economist that threw out some some ballpark figures of some things that uh, might come about within a short time frame. But then, of course, it would ripple into more uh, down the line. But anyway, hope everyone's doing well. Let me check in your chat real quick. Uh, we got Ed Hammond checking in. We got over here. We got Roger Rose. And that's a nice little paragraph. Roger, let me see. It says, okay, so let's talk about what the world looks like in 2030. Only so much can change, but technology and a financial reset is interesting. Ponder of what is to come. How fast can things really change? Um, well, Roger, man, that's a lot right there. But we are well on the road towards a... Uh, a new way of life, just put it like that, where things will never go back to the way of old. Now it's a matter of trying to, for the most part, individually, collectively come together while we still can to push back as much as, much as we can and uh, try to create the world that we want to live in outside of the agenda that's been put in front of us. So, uh, but definitely let's talk about that. Uh, we got Elias Jones, we got AG Stacker, then we got Mr. Nitty. Uh, says I built my arc now. I just need popcorn and watch the global show unfold. <laughs> we got the pothead BTC says Bitcoin will save us all. Trust. All right. Uh, DC precise in the building. Tim, we got over here. We got Jermaine Scott, Natural Mama, Midnight Green, Mike C, Tony B in the building. Okay. Uh, appreciate everybody for taking time to join us, man. So let me just jump right in. Um, uh, let me see. Oh, we jump right into this uh, story here. This just popped up. So I'll, I'll just you know touch on it briefly, but uh, got a couple other stories I want to touch on as well. But it says 5.8 earthquake strikes Australia shaking felt in Melbourne. And so uh, sounds pretty rough there. And of course, I show some pictures here of uh, an earthquake that has touched down. So I'm not too familiar I don't recall in the past, no time recently hearing about earthquakes in Australia, knowing that every content for the most part is, you know, subject to the earth moving, give or take. But uh, one thing I find to be interesting about this, just based upon uh, this earthquake here, is that 
the alternative news that I'm more so interested in and been paying attention to happens to be the uprising slash resistance by the people. And so just today on, on Twitter, I saw a video uh, of what looks like five, well, four or five, six patrol cars was heading in one direction into a crowd of individuals. And the crowd just turned and just swarmed the vehicles and all the all the uh, police uh, trucks took off the opposite direction and people were throwing stuff at the trucks or whatever. And then the officers got out with their guns. And then at that point, the crowd dispersed like never before. So that's the type of stuff that I've been watching just to push back in Australia. And then all of a sudden get an earthquake just seemed ex- extremely timely. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. But hopefully everyone is doing well that's impacted any community members down there. Well, give us a call. Let us know what you see, what you're feeling. We'll definitely love to you know, stay on top of things. And then why not? Why not? Let's just go ahead and jump into it. How do I die? Uh, great subject matter there. So I assume everyone had a chance to check out the Project Veritas part one uh, of the uh, person, the whistleblower from the HHS that uh, did some uh, video recording of her employee, employee of her fellow co-workers, assuming she's no longer with them. But uh, it's very interesting. So, of course, I shared it on all the platforms I have. And so hopefully you guys got a chance to check it out. And then also make sure you guys uh, put in the community page all the links where you guys can connect. So if you're on Telegram or Discord, make sure you're part of the a part of the mix. Share stuff there. Share videos. And, of course, there's a lot more stuff that's, that's popping up of stuff that I don't typically cover. But it's good to have people in the community to cover a wide array of subject matter uh, from the, you know, the, the dark woo woo down a rabbit hole stuff, man, which, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it can be overwhelming. <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that you guys are plugged in and, and know your stuff. So uh, so how do I die says part two tomorrow night. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I think one of the, the benefits of having people courageous enough to come out and put it all on the line is that at this current moment, if you don't put it out on the line in accordance to what you're capable of doing, whether it be voicing your uh, opinions and thoughts and sharing it with the community, hoping that other people of like-minded also share theirs with more people, all it takes is one person just create a ripple effect of more people waking up. And the whole point in waking as many people up as possible is that when it's time to, even more so, here in the on the homeland here began resisting hopefully we would have put up such a fuss in so many different aspects of our lives whether it be you know uh with uh, restaurants that's trying to act a fool because I, I know in detroit here one restaurant tried to throw out that you know they're gonna require a pass and it flew under the radar and just from the feed on the twitter people were like i'm not going to your business you're gonna lose business so hopefully that deter people from following suit and it gets them to thinking about the fact that they might end up losing customers as well as ultimately losing revenue and uh, doing them more harm than good. So share this type of stuff. Let's people know what's going on outside of what we're being told. We're all being lied to. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that yet. They're finding on. They're finding out rather. But it's becoming a little bit. Uh, uh, it's not too late. But yet time is winding down, especially as we head into the winter months. And uh, more of the mandate stuff is pushed on people and people are, are confronted with uh, having to make some decisions that uh, they typically would not want to make. But hopefully sharing some information, sharing these Project Veritas videos would really push people over the edge to be willing to stand firm as long as they can, man. 
because uh, it, it's 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 a matter of ultimately life or death, I, I think, in the end. So anyway, uh, yeah. So I see Tim says, uh, screw the mandates. Definitely. I mean, yeah, mandates are mandates. It's not law. Now it's just a matter of getting enough people to push back to where employers and everybody who's talking about complying with those mandates have a change of heart, hopefully. Okay, um, let's keep it moving, man. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me see here. It says rebel is more realistic. Pushback, not enough. Rebel is more realistic over here. I'll let you say that. Feel free to have at it. <laughs> Just because I, I know that uh, a lot of the communication shared on this channel, as well as other platforms, uh, can be used and construed and taken out of context. I don't want to be the one out here uh, sharing information that promotes um, things of that nature. But yet we all know what ultimately heads as things unravel and people become uh, a little bit more, uh, you, you continue to squeeze people. It, it, it's, it's, it's going to cause an uproar regardless. So, but I feel you though, my man, Pre I feel you. Okay. Uh, let's keep it moving. So, uh, what I want to talk about today, several things caught my attention feel free to throw off some different subject matter, uh, in, uh, in, in the chat as well. When the phone lines open up, we'd love to hear from you guys. So let me just jump right into it. So today, um, and, and this goes into, okay, just this couple things here. So as I start off talking, debt, 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 you know, we're going to hear about debt for the rest of our lives because as of right now, debt is what this system is made up of. And even their orchestrated attempt to shift the style of debt from paper and centrally controlled digits in moving that type of stuff towards a centrally controlled blockchain, uh, CBDC style, authoritarian, authoritarian, you know, one world app type of situation. It's still going to be based upon debt. And so uh, Hugo Salinas Price had a little article or whatever that really it, it triggered some thoughts in my mind that I wanted to share. So I'm going to get into that. But before I do that, let me just scan through the headlines real quick of some subject matter that is that will set a set a stage for why it's important to really uh, look beyond the political theater that they're portraying as their way of trying to save the economy and build it back better and all that crap. Uh, okay, so here's an article here. Let me start random. Okay, so here's this article just uh, caught my attention a couple minutes ago. Uh, it says House passes bill to avoid government shutdown, suspend the debt limit, but it faces Senate roadblocks with deadlines near. So we got about uh, you know two weeks, give or take, and then we're into the month of October. And give or take, we'll see because it, it's the, as I mentioned, political theater. We have the left versus right, Democrats versus Republic. They're going back and forth. Not no one's really wanting to uh, take full responsibility for the fact that no matter what they do, they have to come to an agreement of some kind, or else they lose their jobs, their families, and everybody else. Because the American people will definitely, really, really, really know who's behind all this, and it happens to be the political actors as well as those that have taken over our monetary system. So we'll know exactly who to blame. It won't be no way of pinning this on Russia like the way, like the way they used to, or even trying to pin this on China because it's 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 yeah, it's a debt problem that our that we have in this country, every other country. But anyway, so so as of now. House passed the bill. Okay, but we know it's going to meet some issues in the Senate. And so, of course, not too much longer after that. Mitch McConnell says the GOP will vote, will vote for the U.S. to default on its debt. I'm thinking like, hmm, he's talking big and bad. I don't think he got the the kahunas to, to go that far. 
but we'll, we'll see. But it's just it's this this is very entertaining because we know that there's going to be that good guy, bad guy. So, of course, GOP is talking about we don't want to add to the debt. You're not going to incorporate the debt into the spending bill. It's outrageous. Yada, yada. We all know that. But as of right now, the Democrats have the capability of just getting everything done with any without any pushback, just through utilizing our filibuster stuff. And so uh, they don't want to do that because it, if and when the, the 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 deck of cars come crashing down, the house of cars rather come crashing down. They don't want the Republicans to have that. I told you so. You shouldn't have did it. They will all want to be in on this together. Like, you know, you put in on this. I put on this. We'll do this together. And they use the words bipartisan as if like, uh, yeah, anything is really bipartisan. But what we do need is bimetallic. <laughs> anyway, so keep it moving. So as a result of this, I'm thinking like, oh, OK, well, would he really default? Obviously, he would not. But it, it's good theater. And then here's another article here that really caught my attention. This is what, what I want to lead off with initially, just talking about some of the initial, some of the initial consequences of a debt default. It was just some simple, some simple math here, but it says U.S. debt fault, debt fault, fault. This fall would cost six million jobs, wipe out fifteen trillion in wealth. Study says. And so I'm thinking like, wow, six million jobs. That's not a lot of jobs. Fifteen trillion. Huh, that's that sounds like a lot, but they're creating trillions, you know, every couple, every couple of years, every decade to now. So that's not a lot, but it is. But then again, I'm thinking like that's just the first couple of weeks, first couple of months. That's the initial response. If we were to get probably into October and definitely if we move beyond October 20th, which is around the date or so that Yellen mentioned that they have enough funds I'm assuming from the TGA account to cover bills within this article here. I highlighted a couple of things. It just shows how this would be just the initial response to the global market and the contagion and the catastrophic impact that would occur within, you know, say like a Friday, like, you know, we would have like a, you know, a black Friday type of event. And this might be the initial response over the weekend, but then think about everything else as the ripple effect, flows beyond our borders and so it could get real ugly real soon but the biggest point of this was not to really highlight if this would happen because this is based upon what would happen this fall in the next couple of weeks if things were to be ironed out but i think they will because they're, they're not that bold to, to do something stupid like that i don't think but because i, I really think after looking at how this avagran stuff is playing out i really believe that you know china is deliberately going to allow their little event to unfold, to unwind, because they want, I think, to get this party escalated as far as the complete removal and the restructuring of the monetary system. And I don't think they would necessarily mind taking the blame, given the fact that they stand to reap the most in the long run from the restructuring of the monetary system. And it has a lot to do with the fact that all the $50 trillion worth of liabilities and debt that they have on their books for referring to China, I, I think uh, the the weight that they have in gold, and I've heard somebody mention 20,000 tonnage. And so if they really do have 20,000 tonnage, if you re-denominate that number per ounce of gold they can easily 
make up for 50 trillion plus some when they basically reestablish and reaffirm the new gold and silver price for the world to follow suit. So I don't really think that they don't they don't stand. They don't have much to lose. And it'll cause complete devastation throughout the financial economy, global economy. We all know that. And it'll be easy to point to China as a reason. But I think that's a part of the plan. So I'm getting a little beyond myself. Anyway, so just go through some things real quick here. So it says uh, Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics, found that a prolonged impasse would uh, would over the debt ceiling would cost the U.S. economy about six million jobs, wipe out as much as 15 trillion in household wealth. And I want to say, based upon a response from the great financial crisis and total wealth lost, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, it was about seven or eight, seven or eight trillion, eight trillion for sure was wiped away from retirement accounts, if I'm not mistaken. So somebody correct me on that, but let me know. I think I'm correct. And send unemployment rates surging to roughly nine percent from around five percent. Scroll down some more. It says at that point, Treasury, Treasury officials would face and excruciating, excruciating choices such as whether to fail, whether to fail, whether to fail to pay 20 billion owed to seniors, citizens on Social Security. Twenty billion dollars is old, I think, probably within one month, perhaps, if I'm not mistaken, or to fail to pay bondholders of U.S. debt, a decision that could undermine the faith and the credit and permanently drive federal borrowing costs higher. So I don't really think it's a matter of destroying the faith and credit, as I mentioned last night, because nations don't have faith and credit in the U.S. That's why they're moving away towards alternatives. We know they've been getting gold forever. And when you have nations running the Bitcoin and other things like that, they don't want no parts of the crumbling dollar. But it says failure to raise the debt limit would have catastrophic impacts on the global financial markets. No, you don't think so. It says interest rates will spike as investors demand a higher rate of return for the risk of taking on U.S. debt given uncertainty about repayment. So here's the thing. This is what I think doesn't get much get much attention. It says investors would demand a higher rate. But here's the thing. Who what investors are they referring to? Who's actually going to run and come to the who's going to come to the rescue of helping Uncle Sam prolong this debt heist that they've been pulling over on the world for the last 100 years? with this fiat currency system. So there'll be no investors. So it'll be the federal reserve itself directly. And that's literally, that's outright illegal quantitative counterfeiting in a sense, quantitative counterfeiting. That's what I'll call it to where at that moment, when there's nobody rushing to buy us debt interest rates, not naturally, that's the way things will respond was have to go extremely sky high, but that's okay. If the U.S. is just continuously borrowing and the Federal Reserve is just easily, you know, you know, creating and printing and, and exchanging ledger balances. But then think about the rush of all those other digital and paper units called Federal Reserve notes and Federal Reserve digits that would come home within that. It would it, it would be a they will be looking to spend as many dollars as they can to get rid of them. Witnessing how the printing press is going bananas over here because there are no investors. Who's going to invest in a system as it's being restructured? China's not coming in to buy none of that. Russia's definitely not going to buy none of that. Every other nation is tapped out. And I know personally, I wouldn't give Uncle Sam any money expecting to get it back. So they're lying. 
but yeah, it's, I mean, once again, I want to, you don't want to scare people. So you're not going to tell them the truth. So it says, um, what else? An increase in individual, it says the value, the value of the U S dollar would also decline long-term as investors question the security of purchasing U S treasuries. The cost of auto and home loans would rise. Oh, really? The decline of the dollar on the long term would be in question. They must not have really be paying much attention to what is currently going on with the purchasing power of the Federal Reserve note. So as of right now, we don't really have much wiggle room to uh, lose any confidence or lose any remaining purchasing power. But I could be wrong. Somebody let me know. I, I could be wrong. Perhaps there's people out there who would probably love to take them while the world is you know, sending them back home. I don't know. Anyway, keep it moving. Um, yeah, I'm ranting a lot, but feel free to throw some chats and thoughts, thoughts on the chat. Get to them in one second. Let me get to a couple more articles here. So this uh, this piggybacks on um, more of what's happening in China and how I think we'll find out. But yet the question is, will China, the PBOC, Xi Jinping, will they let the natural market forces run their course and allow Evergrande, who is basically in all the other contagion or other linked real estate developers and debt holders to just, just, just to go belly up because it's, you know, as I hear people say, it's a contained economy. It won't be as much spill out because a lot of that, you know, you want denominated that it's all in house and the PBOC can cover that up. It's just to spill over in the dollar denominated debt that evergreen and Evergrande and all those other places uh, have taken on. They'll have to deal with that in their own world. So that's, that's a possibility, but one thing that it, it, I watched a couple of videos, saw a couple of people talking about this. One thing that really, you know, it, it, oh, I'm, I'm curious to really see how it plays out is that Kyle Bass, who is an investor fellow, you know, he's part of the billionaire club. He's very outspoken. And he, you know, if you follow him on Twitter, he he's always talking about uh, China in a, in a in a very. Not negative, but a very truthful way, whereas then you have the other billionaire, Ray Dalio, who you can tell he's in bed with Xi. Like, you know, he talks favorably about China because clearly Ray Dalio and his company, Business Future, is focused on Asia. He's already set up in Asia, I'm sure, ready to go. So he's like blowing smoke up Xi's butt. Well, Kyle Bass keeps it real. He talks real based upon not, you know, sugarcoating. It's basically just saying China is not a place that you want to do business and da 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 da. Anyway, but it's just, you know, a different narrative. But here's an interesting article. It says, uh, Kyle Bass says, President Xi wants Evergrande to blow up to uh, help lower housing prices. And when I saw that, I'm thinking, like, okay, that's a billionaire's version who's someone who's been following this whole situation for quite some time now. But what, what, what thought came to my mind was that if they want the housing market to blow up because it'll help clean the slate, wipe the slate clean, help get rid of a lot of uh, malinvestment as well as uh, just over indebtedness that they allow to to transpire throughout the last uh, couple uh, last decade for the most part, it will give them a chance to rebuild afresh and not have a, a outright. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be painful for a lot of their people, but. One thing people forgot is that the Chinese government has allowed their citizens to buy gold over the last decade. So you can go to all the banks. They got kiosks. They had all types of places where they've always encouraged their citizens to have gold. So I'd imagine outside of the people who stand to lose you know, their funds from investing in real estate, 
a lot of those people are sitting on insurance. They're sitting on currency insurance outright while they're also still rolling out the digital yuan. So a lot of their citizens, more of their citizens, in my opinion, have gold and possibly silver than the citizens here in the U.S. So when stuff does crumble and it's time to rebuild it back up, if you got gold as an anchor, then I think you'll have a better start than if you had all your wealth in digital distractions, i.e. the digital yuan version or in the uh, paper yuan and or and or, <laughs> you know, on the hook for what you won't get from your uh, the Avagron and Cynic and all the other people who's taking an L. So my point in case was, I think that's a part of their initial design. Of course, is we're a year, year, a year and a half now into this whole health global situation. It always started off as being the Wuhan slash China virus, but now that's all been cleared. Nobody talks about the origin. Nobody talks about where it's from. Nothing like that. I don't doubt that, of course, we got the gain of function. We know Fauci was a part of it. We know all that stuff. Okay, sure. But yet they allow China is not really all that pissed right now at the fact that the world was pointing towards Asia and they shut down things and all that stuff like that. But now when we're in this next phase of the distraction, which is the debt phase that I don't think they mind as well with the world pointing to them saying and thinking that the Evergrande is going to be the contagion that brings down the world or whatever. So that'll be a, the, the trigger of all this experience we're having happens to be the health situations started in China. And the second part phase phase two is the fact that the debt situation appears to be imploding from that part of the world. And then what won't be phase three? What's that next uh, uh, distraction that I think is a part of the plan anyway, that, as of now, it gives the U.S. Uh, an escape goat. Okay, who started this whole situation? China did. Okay, who's the reason our markets, our stock markets is dropping right now? Either the Fed taper or it's the Evergrande, the malinvestment over there. And then whatever that third wave will be, that's going to be something that starts in China more than likely. And they're going to say it's China's fault. So point of case is Evergrande, I, it's a part of the, I think it's a part of the plan. I can really see China letting them go belly up because they can afford to, because to our knowledge, they got the most gold. So you really don't miss out when it comes to all the, the, the digital distractions and all the losses that will be taken, especially if your people are insured personally with the most gold outside of India, of course, in the population. So there's a lot more to this article here, but um, it's just, you know, got me to thinking about that. And then on a note closer to home real quick, BlackRock, UBS, HSBC, Evergrande, bond holding rise. So I saw a different article I couldn't grab, but it said as a total of, I think it was uh, BlackRock, I think, and maybe HSBC had a, a significant, I want to say 300, um, it's not in this article here, but I think it said 300, 400 million dollars, I think, or more. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure, but it was, a, it, it was enough that BlackRock probably can write off with no problem, but... It's 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 the fact that BlackRock, UBS, and HSBC within the last year have been pouring funds into Evergrande. And as of right now, it looks like these entities right here may not be compensated for their investment, especially as we get every time, every month, some some interest is due and some uh, payments are due and it doesn't happen that way. But anyway, just give you a little sum here. It says, even as the China Evergrande Group's bonds have fallen toward 25 cents on the dollar, and just earlier this year, it's about 85 cents on the dollar. So you see how 
they are struggling there amid worries that developer will default fund managers including black blackrock ubs hbc holdings have been increasing their holdings of the debt it says evergrande the world's most indebted developer has more than 300 billion in outstanding liabilities it says as of june 30th blackrock usbc hsbc and ashmore group were the biggest holders of Evergrande's international bonds data compiled by the Bloomberg shows that a combined stash worth of 1.3 billion. So those four companies make up about 1.3 billion. They're not going to get that, but I don't, I don't know if that'll cause much of a spillover, but once again, there's more people factored into this that put funds into all those, you know, entities to make up that 1.3 billion. But anyway, BlackRock's equivalent fund expanded its Evergrande holding from 12.2 million units to 43.5 million over the first eight months of 2021 as the fund size nearly quadrupled. It says Evergrande represents about 1% of its portfolio as of October 31st. So they're exposed to about 1%. Taking a 1% haircut wouldn't be all that bad, especially when the Federal Reserve and the too big to fill banks are your best friends. You'll be good. And then it says the group's debt due within a year stood at 240 billion yuan as of June 30th compared with the bank's deposit. So this is what Evergrande has on his balance sheet. It says the debt they owe by June 30th was 37.1 billion. It says compared with the bank deposits. So within their bank account, they only have, uh, let me see here, it says they only have says some 74.86 billion yuan of the deposits are restricted according to the com company. So they're not sitting on many billions. So the 37 billion is what they owe, give or take, and what they're sitting on won't be able to cover everybody. So somebody's getting a haircut for sure. And so I say all that just to piggyback on the fact that everything that I've talked about thus far is based upon debt, D-E-B-T. And it comes in so many forms and fashions. And the moment your uh, capital your hard work, your hard earned savings, your hard earned currency you earn, the moment it leaves your possession or leaves your account and sent towards a financial institution or is sent to some fiduciary that's responsible for supposedly growing your wealth, it now becomes a debt to you. It's literally, it's a, it's, you know, once you turn it over to somebody else, it's no longer your possession. And like always, it's not going to be as easy to liquidate a lot of the things that you're probably invested in to get it back into your hands in time before somebody runs, yells fire and everybody rushed towards the exits. That's the point. We're beyond that point now, I think. And of course, over the last year or two, I've been documenting all the billionaires, all the high money net worth individuals that have been you know, liquidating their shares in their own company to get into cash for waiting for the next fire sale, which is yet to which is yet to come. Because March twenty March March of twenty twenty was just a was just the beginning. It, I don't think it was the full shebang. Like it's going to be a lot more severe, I believe, in the days ahead. We'll see. But my point was, everything we've been talking about is about debt. So ultimately, it's a it's a matter of continuously reminding yourself and readjusting how you view real world assets from all the future promises to pay. It's imperative. And then this leads to an article that uh, I grabbed from. Um, from King World News, and it's written by uh, multi-billionaire Hugo Salinas Price, and it's entitled London and New York Rig the Gold and Silver Markets, but there is a big surprise coming. And so when I was reading through this, real sweet and simple, uh, you know, whenever Hugo talks, he speaks truth. He's a big silver guy, but, you know, he's just one of those guys that doesn't seem to be 
playing with the billionaire boys club. He does things differently, apparently. But anyway, just something he said real quick. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to the main, uh, the grand finale of all this rant and then open the phone lines. But it says, this is him. It says the prices, he's referring to the manipulation of the markets. And so he says, the bad news is there are no real prices. There are no real prices of gold and silver available in the world today. So this is a billionaire saying this. The bad news is there are no real prices of gold and silver available in the world today. He said the prices represented by the media uh, in our world are determined by a small group of individuals in London and in New York. Says this group decides each and every working day what the prices of gold and silver are to be that day. He said that's daily decision has nothing, nothing to do with a market for those metals. Then he goes on to talk about how you check Kitco. Kitco will give you a, a price, but yet that's really, it says otherwise it's worthless. And he says confusion as a policy. It says the real purpose of the precious metals markets of today is to confuse the public. He says this, quote, confusion as a goal of broadcasting fictitious prices of the precious metals has allowed the dollar to survive as long as it has as the world's number one currency. And so I'm thinking about this, you know, it's designed to confuse the public. They have done such a good job of confusing the public that most people don't even know what gold and silver, what it was. Nevertheless, what it still is, because it doesn't have that same uh, 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 stigma or, or name to it because it's now considered a commodity. But gold and silver prior to 1974 was money flat out. And so now we have a completely new generation. I'll take, I did a blog a long time ago. It takes one generation to forget your history. And I linked that how from 1933 up to 1974, that 50, was it that 41, 41 year time frame? It took the entire baby boomer who were babies at that time to be grown, to grow up into a society where they were used to all the products, pensions, 401ks, da, 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 whatever, to where the majority of them do not understand the importance of gold and silver. Point in case is. So I'm thinking like, you know, if it's all a confusion to distract you, you know, we look at the prices of gold and silver. They have not moved whatsoever in comparison to all the currency created, all the other activity happened, all the 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 fear in the markets and just the, the, the greed out there. People are not even aware of the fact that, you know, worth it's worthwhile every now and then taking some some skin off the table and, you know, putting it in something relatively stable and calm, something that just does nothing, like something that just sits there and looks pretty just because it shines and just forget about it. And in the article, Hugo was saying towards the end of the article, he's like, you know, ultimately, you know, it's supposed to just sit there. Gold is supposed to sit there. Silver is just supposed to sit there because you know what it really is in comparison to what's all going on around us. I'm thinking like, wow, if people really were, you know, aware of how bad things really were, it'd be a no brainer to not want to have overexposure to all this this quantitative debt, this quantitative you know, counterfeiting that they're doing in the name of building back better and saving the economy. Like when the politicians and central banks only tool is to create more currency, at some point you have to think like, how does that affect the currency that I put aside? Like, will my my retirement savings actually be able to compete against all this new currency out there. Ah, you know, but both people don't think that way because of the full faith and credit in the dollar, the federal reserve note that people think that that thing is going to be as good as gold <laughs> long-term. But one thing I want to remind you guys of in comparison to what Hugo was saying is that this is the, this is the, the confusion that they put out there. So every day, give or take, 
there's there's buku commentators that talk about the price of gold and silver on a day-to-day basis oh it's up a dollar today it's up 50 cents a day you know I, i've had uh i can say it on names but a lot of people out there you know it's not necessarily I don't know if all of this is considered fear or, or what it's considered, but it's, I think it's just this is just real world events happening. But looking at the price up and down, it ain't going nowhere right now. And to, to sit around and wait for it to take off and put your hope in it taking off, I think, uh, can lead to you going crazy. It can lead you to miss out on a lot of, of, of fun things of the average day. If you know you got it, you're good to go, because this is, as Hugo Sneers Price said, this is. This is to confuse people, to make you think that, you know, you're winning and losing based upon 50 cents here, a dollar here, a hundred dollars and go here. But anyway, so I thought about what better way to remind people to refresh our memories other than looking at this from a different standpoint. And then this is what I want to bring back to, because we're in the age of debt, unpayable debt. There's no way around it. It has to come to an end. Everything that we have done to this point is denominated in debt. And just look to the far right of this screen here. This is what I wanted to get to. And then I will officially stop ranting. Uh, let me try to zoom in so I don't let me get this right. Okay. So here is this is what I want to talk about. And so if you look at this here, the dollar to silver ratio. And if you just replace the word dollar with debt. And so if you put the debt to silver ratio, and that debt is simply referring to a, a rough figure of the Federal Reserve notes that are currently in circulation. And so if you click on that for a better clarity, it'll, it'll tell you what the definition is. It says the current M2 divided by the yearly annual mining of silver. That gives you a number there. So look at the look at the huge difference in numbers. So imagine just chasing 50 cents here and there in the short term, thinking like, man, they must say, I'm waiting on our next dip. I'm waiting on our next dip. The next dip, I'm going to go get my weight up. Okay, that's good. That's practical. But if you, you know, this is this is the confusion. This plays with your emotions. Rather, looking at it from the standpoint of the game is already up because now they're chasing more dollar debt to pump into the system. And if you're already relatively positioned in a, in a way that you have a little bit of insurance against all this, think about looking at this from the debt to silver ratio of what a ballpark figure might be based upon the current level of units of, of currency that they've already created. And of course, there's more currency units in creation that we actually know about because no one's ordered to fed. it, but this is just a ballpark figure. And so one ounce of silver, a ballpark figure, minus the confusion that they're creating, if every single ounce had to give, a, if, if every single unit of paper had to be accounted for, in this world in real time, minus the paper game they've established, it would roughly be $2,800 an ounce. And so to me, that's the matrix. That's like, you know, once you plug out, unplug from the matrix and you think about like, you know, if you looking at this from the, you know, the macro viewpoint of where this is going to go in the long run, 2885 is a, you know, say, man, we, I, I'm winning monetarily, financially speaking only when it comes to this subject matter. I'm winning because I'm part of a rare breed of people who see the truth for what it really is. And then if you want to up the game a little bit more, you look at the debt to gold ratio. You think, wow. So right now you mean to tell me they got me chasing an ounce, give or take on the markets. And it's 1777 based upon what they say it is. But when I really think about what all those units of currency that they're creating, what is really worth if they were to be held accountable 
it's worth $20,000, $20,000 an ounce in a real no manipulation, no paper game covering stuff up type of way. But then what's most noticeable is check out the ratio. Check out the ratio of those prices. So we got $20,000 per ounce of gold, $2,000 in silver. That's that 10 to 1 ratio. And right now, you look at the ratio. What did it tell us? Ratio 76. Uh, let me see if it's on here. The ratio, go to silver ratio. What is it? Uh, let me see if I can get the ratio. The go to silver ratio is like 70, 70 something or whatever. Let me see. I don't know if it's here, but you guys get my drift. So I, I say all that to hopefully remind you traders, people who trade in and out, more so focus on the charts and look at the price based upon the market open, market closed, because you in and out. But thinking about this from a, we're in a restructuring of the monetary system, and the only way out is to continue to expand the debt, i.e. the dollar units, then just basically getting something real that is historically proven, tested, tried, and just letting it sit there, don't worry about it, go about your day, get more of it as you can, just from an insurance standpoint. Like, you can never have too big of an insurance policy, could you? Especially if you have to collect one day and you pray to God that you don't have to collect. But if you do, you would rather be overinsured than barely insured or have no insurance. And so that's just something I wanted to rant with, man. But I went longer with my rant just because I was just in a position of just wanting to just get it all out there. But anyway, forgive me. Let's uh, let's talk. Uh, you know, so I went longer than normal. <laughs> so <laughs> let's open the phone line. But I was having fun, man. Forgive me. Forgive me for having fun on that one. But anyway, I just thought I would share that because I Salino, Salino Hugo's price got me fired up a little bit. But anyway, lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, let me go back through the, through the chat a little bit, put out some thoughts, and uh, we make it work. Roth says three hundred billion is only one tenth of one percent of the world debt. Nothing really. Yeah. So three hundred billion. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure where that number came from. I think that's from. I'm, 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 yeah. So I'm thinking like, I think global, global debt, what we were just told is approaching 300 trillion. So if you think about 300 trillion, you divide that into the known or unknown proximity of above ground gold, which we don't really know the number and above ground silver. We're still looking at a, we're looking at a, you know, a, you know, adding another zero to all those metal prices would definitely be more realistic. Uh, Mr. Steve says, rethinking dollar forecast, a dollar to silver ratio out to 25 top right hand of the debt clock uh, website. Uh, says, uh, okay, so let me track this out real quick. Let me see here. Uh, the 2025, let me zoom out and I'll grab jump on that one. All right, let me see here. It says, go out to time machine to 2025. Okay, I see you. Uh, let's see. Okay, so that's uh, this, I'm sure this puts a hell of a spin on things. Okay, so that's that's it's it's that's better. That's a better number. I mean, it's it's not as high as I, as I thought it was going to be when I clicked on that. But just as a heads up, uh, for uh, let me see here. So this is the figures right here. So this is out to twenty twenty five, and so it says forty six twenty four for silver, and uh, thirty two for. So yeah, that's still. Uh, let me see. So five is about a six. So I will say that that ratio there has definitely dropped significantly there. So in in silver's favor, 
So anywhere I go, you can't go wrong. So just think about this. And this is all based upon a smooth every incremental trillion, two, three, four, five deficit here, spending two, three a year type of numbers. This had this does not factor in a globally systemic uh, pulling of the plug of the monetary system and a and a reboot with the new valuations probably set out in the Eastern Hemisphere type numbers. But just think about this. It pales in comparison of grabbing, being able to grab an ounce today for under $30 to be the privilege of getting rid of $30, 30 pieces of paper for something in the future that has a chance to absorb unlimited quantity of currency creation uh, in the form of a sponge and then allow you in the future to be able to wring it out and disperse that liquidity into something Hopefully that's relatively calm and stable, but that's all wishful thinking. But anyway, we keep it moving. All right. So phone lines are open, man. Give me a call. Let's talk. Uh, curious to hear what you guys are talking about. And the chat says, what are you guys uh, buying gold or silver platinum when you, uh, when you hear reality, when you hear reality? Um, uh, so that's one of the things like I've heard of a lot of people, investors talk about exposure to platinum, palladium, uranium, and all those other Inuums. But yeah, a lot of those people, I don't know if they actually hold it in physical form rather than actually in the mining space or ETFs or things like that. Now, when it comes to just actually stacking and holding, everybody that I'm familiar with, everybody I've talked to, interview, you know, are, are, are heavily in gold and silver directly outside the bank, in your system, in your possession, yada, yada, yada. And then they'll have exposure to some miners. And so over the last couple of years, over the last couple of years, whatever, I've decided to dip and dabble with some of the companies that I've interviewed or whatever, just because there will be opportunity there. Even though I know in the very, very, very far future, gold mines uh, will be nationalized. So every company is going to be have their they have their property taken from them. Because I think that idea of you'll own nothing and be happy with it applies to a lot of those, you know companies that are not in, in bed with the wef world economic forum in my opinion hello carlos where are you calling from hey this is roger in south texas roger what's, what's going on my friend? Like? i'm doing good my friend what's going on tonight hey uh i kind of wanted to get your take on like we don't know the time frame of mm-hmm. how things are going to unfold but you know when we think about the 2030 how do you think things are going to look then? You know, when we, we look at technology, we look at gold, silver, we look at the reset, mm-hmm. we look at possibly the, the command, uh, I don't know, was it calamity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's going to occur in between that time. And, and, and how does it come out on the other side? Uh, anyway, I just want you to ponder that. Maybe you can give me your thoughts offline there. Yeah. No problem, my friend. I will do that. Appreciate the call and the question. All right. Uh, great thoughts, man. Great thoughts. So, you know, and that's where it's it's hard to really wrap my mind around what society will look like. But based upon all the things I'm witnessing now, based upon uh, the events that are unfolding in other countries, such as Australia and all the other nations that are going through protests, uprisings, that stuff will continue on. And it's just a matter of time before it makes its way here to where whenever the government rolls out new stuff, passports and health checks and all that crap they never take back anything so that's the that's the bad part about all this is that it's going to become a multi-tier society i think 
dependent on if they succeed. It's going to be people who are more considered underground because they've opted out. We'll see how that life would live, how that life will go. Those that are in a system, mark, tag, and track, and trace in real time via 5G with chips in their body type of situation. I think all that stuff will be fully operational by 2030. And then I think the biggest uh, thing that a lot of people, especially me, my, me personally, I don't really take much thought diving down a rabbit hole, but I want to uh, share something with you. And this, relate, this relates to the agenda t- to get us to 2030 because the World Economic Forum and all their, you know, their, their, their circular atmosphere of everything they want to do, it's all geared towards artificial intelligence, robotics, like basically being the foundation that all that's built upon. And so even beyond 2030, here's a book by uh, Kai-Fu Lee. And so Kai-Fu Lee, uh, he's a buku billionaire in Asia. He's, he's, he's dedicated his life towards funding artificial intelligence. He owns seven, eight, nine, ten. He buys companies. Any company that come out doing some futuristic type stuff, he buy them up quick and start developing them. So he's admitted that he's trying to reshape the future. And so he just came out with a book last week. It's called AI 2041. It says the vision for our future. So I think that artificial intelligence, technology, all that blockchain stuff was for all this. <laughs> and so on a on, on a social level, on a on a on a political level, government governments will be minor because corporations will like they already do will run governments. But yet it's going to be uh, just multiple tiers of of things that I can't really get wrap my mind around. But I, I was going to dive into this book because I know this guy based upon I've been following him and he paints a very uh, not so friendly picture of the future for humanity. But yet he tries to spin it off as if it's going to be some benefits to humanity as well, even though AI is going to run stuff. So long story short, I'm not recommending this book. But I'm going to dive into it. And if you type in Kai-Fu Lee, uh, he'll actually let me actually I'll type it in real quick. And he's he's an interesting guy, man. Like I think and this is a part of adjusting your paradigm for what's happening around us is to study the people who are disrupting trends. People who are trying to reshape humanity are the people you want to study because they have the backing. They have the financial means to get it done because they are the ones that lobby politicians for uh, all the things that they want to be done to actually come true. And so this is Kai-Fu Lee right here. And so just looking at some of his, he says his, one of his, his video three years ago says how AI can save our humanity. And just, you know, ex Google's president, China president, telling you AI will obliterate, obliterate half of all us, all jobs. AI superpower, AI in the post-work world, post-work world. So he's setting up a he's setting up a future where men will not need to work and they'll be able to do other things with their lives, whatever that means. But this was a good interview as well. I saw this, the meaning of life. And so he's 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 an interesting character, man. But if anybody has, has interest in really trying to figure out from a, a technology standpoint, the actual person who's writing the checks to make sure, amongst many other people, like they're all in this together, man. So yeah, I don't know how it's going to play out. I know it's not going to be uh, 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 cookies and cream for humanity because the goal is to also diminish a good portion of the uh, people on the planet for their own purposes. So 
that's just my two cents, man. Appreciate the call. It says Mike, you see the black swan as a ten and men square, ten and men square, uh, signifying the economic collapse. Google uh, what the black swan represent. What the black swan represents. Um, okay, says so you see the black swan, ah, uh, uh, tenement square, ah, uh, uh, the actual tenement square, uh, like remake type of situation or a remake situation or or what? Let me know. Google what black swan means. Okay, I can uh, type that in and see. And let me see. Do, 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 do. Black Swan. Let's see if a definition comes up for that one. On the surface, Black Swan says a movie. <laughs> uh, that that uh, Black Swan, Black Swan. Let me see Black Swan definition. Okay, so here's a here's something here. Uh, what is a Black Swan? It says a Black Swan is an unpredictable and unpredictable event that is beyond what is normally expected of a situation and has potentially severe consequences. So an unpredictable event. And so as of right now, uh, if especially going according to that definition there, this uh, Evergrind as well as the Fed taper tantrum and the reverse repo and all that stuff, those would not fall under the black swan category because as of right now, if, if man can talk about it and, and, and use that as a, 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 a focal point to say, that's going to be it. The reason why things collapse and that's not a black swan. So that's, that's predictable. Like the reverse repo signals something the Evergrande signals something and the reverse, you know, repo, temper tantrum, the bad, you know, all that stuff signals something debt based, of course. But the unpredictable swan, whew, I don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. It could be anything. And so here's a here's a real question. Are black swans, are they are they orchestrated by the deep state cabal, whoever they call? Are they actually orchestrated? And shown to or re, and revealed to the world as, oh, this is the black swan moment. Nobody saw this coming, but yet it was planned by those that small group of people that call themselves writing the script for this new narrative. Or do black swan events, the unpredictable prevent events, actually surprise the the so called script writers of this paradigm that we're experiencing? That would be the question I would want to know. Like, do are black swans unpredictable? Really unpredictable? Like, as in like an uh, uh, unforeseen event, except for only God knew it was coming, type of thing, or what? That's, yeah. So anyway, uh, orchestrated. Look at satanic calendar. <laughs> okay, okay, orchestrated. Okay, I can agree with that one. Uh, it says over here. Yes, I agree. Humans blessed by intelligence, unfortunate, careful of artificial fake intelligence, just might replace our intelligence. Uh, you mean, uh, yeah, man, cheaper. I, so as far as the artificial intelligence, it's definitely not intelligence. It's, it's deep, deep machine learning and it's using quantum computers and all of that processing power using an algorithm or software type substance on top of all that to use all that computing power to solve problems. And then from that, it happens to take on a mind of its own. Like I've done videos where, you know, I, I've you know talked about hearing people you know, actually have full fledged conversations with their AI as if it's a being. And the fact that AIs can now think for themselves, make decisions for themselves, and even somewhat have some type of emotional experience in some cases. Uh, Daryl says an artificial black swan. Okay. <laughs> 
that's definitely possible. An orchestrated black swan. Or sats, black swan, black swat swan, or sat swan. What the hell is that? Rubber decoy black swan. <laughs> Maybe AI triggers war like Terminator. Mark. Ah. ah. Never say never. Um, and to have heard that one video I did a while back where the one, you know, you know, computer engineer guy, whoever he was, who actually interacted with several different AI programs from different nations like apparently every nation has their own ai that runs some things within a country if all those ai start having beefs if it's like a, a east coast west coast beef amongst artificial intelligence and they start you know <laughs> they start you know tr you know acting a fool then we can have some problems but i would imagine that they and i'm giving them credit as if it's a bean but you know no doubt i would imagine the spiritual element of things lucifer preferably is somehow in on that like he's part of that program because i i believe as a part of, you know i can't put this on the bible but the part of the antichrist and not being it's going to be merged with some type of technology like you know of course the bible says that you know that you know the antichrist will be given will be granted power but i'm thinking like at that point depending on when that is you know technology will be further along more people might be plugged in a neural link to where you know, you, you can actually, you know, so-called see something in the sky because, you know, you plugged in. So anything can happen when your eyes is a, a movie screen. So it's, it's just so much stuff I don't know. Uh, but it's just entertaining stuff at the, at the least, man. But anyway, uh, throw some more thoughts out there, some more questions out there. Let's talk, man. A lot of things out there. Um, curious to get your guys' takes on some things. Uh, sweet and sour swan when the park runs out. <laughs> Pork runs out. Okay. Oh, man. You think AI... Uh, Mark says, you think the AI will be the Antichrist? I thought it's supposed to be a man. Um, Yes, but yeah, but see, okay, but think about this. In regards to that, based upon the Bible, we're given a overall uh, sketch and, and, and sequence of events, but yet the fine details are still to be... Uh, you know what I'm saying? God didn't tell us everything. He told us enough to get us through to be able to have faith to believe. But yet, look at how technology is merging and how the, the evil ones, this orchestrators, want to merge technology with humanity. So it's already doable right now. Cloning human beings is already doing They already That's already possible. Now they're giving us the, they're, they're telling us that they're trying to connect, you know, the Neuralink and all those programs. Like Elon Musk is, tr is they're trying to figure that out still. It's my personal opinion. That stuff is already figured out. You know, they already got the Matrix style stuff already out there, I believe. And so it's a matter of selling us on the fact that they're working on it, but it's already happening. So we're already, you know, we're the information we're given based upon the technology, technology, technology that they allow to leak out. It's as I've heard people mention in the chat, it's 10, 20 years old. So if Elon Musk just starting this, it's good to say on the back end, they already got that done. So come 2030, come 2040, come whenever that time frame is, it's more than possible to have humanoids, i.e. tech robots, people walking among us right now and we would even know that and that's how far things are especially when you have lucifer and his you know bootleg knowledge base helping humanity construct this stuff for his own benefit down the line so it, it could be a situation where it'd be some type of merger i don't know just because when it comes to technology none of that really is revealed in the book of revelations we talk about we see all the 
all the things that's going to happen, all the you know unnatural occurrences. But that's just based upon what we can conceive already with our minds because it's written. Think about the stuff that we can't conceive with our mind because technology was not factored in as well as all the other unknowns that uh, is capable of existing. Because mind you, everything we know is so small and minute in comparison to the the bigger picture of things. And that's why, you know, like, you know, man, just, you know, at some point we're going to know everything. It just won't be in his life. But anyway, uh, Tony B says, we won't make it. So somebody says we won't make 2030. Uh, So so humanity or United States of America, Federal Reserve. No, what what you mean, TB? Um, So anyway, that's just my two cents there, man. Uh, uh, Jane says, I doubt the neural link is even possible. Uh, I, I wish I would share some stuff, but I've seen some videos that show that if they can have monkeys playing tennis, a pan ping pong or something like that by plugging them up to something that, you know, they use monkeys as, you know, examples for humans, then it's probably possible. I, I, I would have guessed, but hopefully it's not. We'll see. Hello, Carl. Which name are you calling from? Hey, it's Paul from Eugene, Oregon. Paul, how you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm doing good, Mike. Um, I just dropped 40 bucks in your PayPal. It should be getting, you should be able to see that. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for the blessing. Yeah, no problem. We'll yeah. see you in mind. Yeah, yeah, you bet, man. I've been wanting to do it for a while. There's more to come. Oh, uh, thank you, sir. I wonder if you... I, I, I missed the first half of the show. I had to take my son to his, uh, his flag football practice. Uh-huh. But uh, did you follow the, the La Palma volcano that's going on right now? In uh, the the Canary Islands, I saw it, but I haven't followed up on it. But uh, you got some fresh information. Give it to us real quick. I- I'll pull it up real quick. I just have a feeling, you know, they're they're being kind of quiet about it. Yeah. Thing, I think it really does have potential to be something like we've never seen before, like biblical. You know, mm. I really think so. so. Okay, so there was predictions like 13 years ago about it, yeah, falling in the ocean and causing this mega tsunami. And most people are like, well, they crumble in gradually, but this thing has a crack with a big chunk of it ready to fall off and mm. it's going off right now. So I don't want to make any crazy predictions, but I think it has potential to, to be something. Yeah. Also, I got some stuff on the screen here, but it's just an article saying something about uh La Palma volcano eruption. Warning signs may have been there for a year. So yeah, I haven't uh, dived much into it just because it's one of many other events that's unfolding with floods and wind and fire, all that stuff. So at this current moment, I can't really tell what's real, what's fake other than just, a, of course, the events yeah. are real. How they start is, is yeah. So anyway, it's giving me this feeling. It's just how quiet the mainstream is about it. You know, and I'm like, huh? Yeah, they're really talking about it. Yeah, and there was predictions years ago. But hey, thanks, Mike. And Appreciate I just you. Want to ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Take off the air. Yeah. I wonder if uh, you looked into the Mandela effect. Do you have any thoughts on that? The Mandela. I'll stay on here. You say the Mandela effect? The man- yeah. No, I'm not familiar with it. Give it to me. So, like, uh, things were changed around and not put back. Kind of, I guess, something they were doing with the CERN, possibly, in France. So, like, uh, you remember Ed McMahon handing out those million-dollar paychecks? Yeah. For publishers going out? Yeah. So they say that never happened. They said he worked for a different company and he never handed those paychecks out. Stuff like that, you know? Oh, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, interesting. <laughs> so I, I see the, uh, yeah. the the Mandela Effect, uh, the movie. Is that a, the movie? No, no, this is real-life stuff. Uh, look into, like... Uh, Stuff you remember as a child is not the way it is anymore. Stuff like Ed McMahon, look at him. Those checks, he never did that, you know? 
Okay, I'll check it out, man. But when I typed that in, a, yeah. movie, a, a movie popped up. So, <laughs> but it looked, it looked like a good movie too. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of them. There's like a, one of my most favorite movies was Interview with a Vampire, uh-huh. and that was Interview with the Vampire. Uh- <laughs> we had that movie when I was a kid. It had a big A on it. Interview with a Vampire, and that was Interview with the. I mean, you know, it could be crazy. Maybe it's my memory. Yeah, but I was wondering if you had any thoughts on it. Hey, I, I'll check it out, man. But I appreciate you bringing it to my attention because I'm not familiar with it. But I'll dive into it, man. Appreciate All you. Right, you yeah, be hey, good. Nice. Have a good night. God bless. You too. Same to you, buddy. Yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear about that one. Oh, the oh, the butterfly effect. Lala, that was my movie right there. That was that movie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big sci-fi lover, man. But the butterfly effect. Let me make sure I got the right movie. But that boy, I'm sure I can't forget that one. That was uh, what that was Ashton Kushner. Let me see. Let me see here. Yeah, I think that was. Yep, that man. That was a good movie right there. So I'm gonna put that on the screen. That was a hell of a good movie. And those are all like just the ability to, you know, go back in time, change time, bend time, and 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 try to read. I mean, that's just that stuff always intrigued me, man. I I love that movie. Adam Kutcher, yeah, Adam Kutcher. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. So let's get ready to dial back, man. Um, so yeah, I don't hear much about Adam Kutcher, 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 whatever his name. Is. I don't hear much about him these days. Um, but anyway, uh, let's see what dial back. As always, man, it's good to connect everybody. Appreciate you guys for hanging out, man. And uh, hopefully, some of the information shared got you to just really can you know, you know, encourage you slash keep you focused on the you know from a financial standpoint, especially so to just you know you know protecting hedging as, as best you can. Given the fact that this, as Hugo Cena's price mentioned, this is one big distraction. It's designed to confuse the people with uh, what they do with the with the price. They literally they're playing a game. They're playing a uh, they're playing a, a game in real time on a day to day basis with the opening and closing of markets that they run. Think about that. Like the fact that all this stuff is happening in the world, debt is imploding, and they literally. Are you know having have people think that silver is really twenty two seventy one and seventeen seventy one for gold in a world where there's trillions upon trillions already created and more to come and we still yeah so long story short man uh, continue to do what you know stay plugged in educate yourself improve your skills get your weight up get your calories up and most importantly get your faith up deposit into your spiritual account daily with the word of God spend time in prayer. And as they say, you really don't know as much as you think you know until you're able to share it with others. And so hopefully you guys have been encouraged uh, and, and and just being able to just get outside your comfort zone a little bit, man, because we are all up against the same forces. And we, we're witnessing what resistance looked like in real time in the streets in Australia and other countries here in the U.S. We ain't at that point. God forbid we do. But there's still time. And I think, you know, prayer is a powerful way. To, to get God to intervene in our affairs because we definitely need it in the midst of doing what we can as far as practical steps to uh, prepare and hedge and to re- reposition ourselves in whatever way uh, we're spiritually led to do so. But uh, yeah, anyway, so let's close out some prayer, man. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. If you don't mind, hit the thumbs up button, share your support for the channel. And I want to make sure you guys remember beneath this video here, the Discord, Telegram, make sure you guys connect. And so you can stay plugged in. And if you come across stuff, please share it. A lot of the articles I, I grab from people who share it in the Discord 
and uh, and the like. So looking forward to connecting again. Anyway, here we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you this evening to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all names. Father, we thank you for the power of your word, Father, that gives us light. It allows us to uh, see clearly, Father. We thank you for just uh, your, your power that's available for us right now, Lord, as members of the body of Christ. Lord, we ask that you continue to, to just spiritually charge us, Father, and to give us uh, boldness and courage to speak and to proclaim the good news, Father, and to uh, just be led by your spirit, Father. We need you like never before to today. And Lord, we just ask you to continue to do great things in the earth on behalf of your church, Father, and that you be with those in other parts of the nation, Father, that are going through rough times, tough times, and those that are experiencing persecution for just the mere name that they're associated with, Father, which is your heavenly son, your beautiful son, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for just uh, your faithfulness to us, Father, for another day, uh, just to walk your earth, breathe your air, to live in your body, and to be stewards of your blessings, Father, and everything we have from the roof over our heads, clothes, food, shelter, you name it, Father, it's all yours. And we want to make sure we acknowledge you first because at any moment it can be taken from us. But in the meantime, you're good. You're continuously given to us, even when we, don't, we, even when we don't deserve it. But I thank you anyway for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, people. That's all she wrote. But then, real quick, <laughs> uh, I shared something earlier on Twitter about uh, Michael Flynn. And so one of the community members sent me a video earlier. And I chopped it up. And put a little two-minute clip of Michael Flynn and his. Uh, just I'll let you. I'll let you figure it out. I'll let you guys. Excuse me. Figure out what exactly is going on with there. But first thing that comes to mind is, uh, yeah, he's a wolf in sheep's clothes. But here's a video right here. I'm not gonna play it just because it's about two minutes long. But it's a prayer that Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, he gave at some conference over the last weekend. And he's talking about, you know, in the name of legions and the power of light and all angels are. I'm thinking like, huh? So anyway, if you guys are interested, go to the Twitter page. I put it in the I put it in the Telegram and I put it in the Discord. I think so. Go check it out. So far, I got 764 views and you know 20 20 shares, 29 hearts. So I mean, people are feeling it because a lot of people, you know, he's. Trump's biggest advocate, but yet if he's working, you know, if he's a wolf in sheep's clothes, he's the enemies working for the enemy, literally just out here, you know, uh, huffing hot air, talking about Jesus, but really working for the other team. Think about his homeboy. I'll let you guys figure that out. But anyway, be blessed, be safe. If you're interested, go check that out on Twitter. That's all she wrote. And other than that, I'm leave you with this. Peace. Visit Rethinking the Dollar throughout the day. Your place for news on metals, gold, crypto, you name it. Scroll down to the bottom and you'll get a chance to see the daily videos, the recommended videos, and more importantly, the five reasons to unplug for the monetary matrix, with the first one being the awakening period. Step number one, test your dollar IQ. 10 simple questions, average is 60%. Follow up with the alternative perspective with the monetary reports. Consider becoming a supporter of the Rethinking the Dollar platform via Patreon. Get a chance to hang out off air as well as additional information that can't be discussed on YouTube. Any support is helpful. With the crackdown on alternative media, the best thing to do is connect off air. Scroll down to the very bottom. You can find Rethinking the Dollar on Telegram, Audio, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, you name it. The most important ones will be the email list where you can get notified weekly, the Discord page, and make sure you connect on Telegram. And last, don't forget to visit the RTD store where you can get merchandise as well as additional information and resources. And most importantly, scroll down to the bottom and get your weight up with all the limited edition rounds only available on the RTD store.